podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Raspy Voice Kids are back. Today we have pop culture feminine featuring Emily Nestor from Mile Marker 181. We're doing a quiz. Actually, we did three quizzes. She quizzed me, I quizzed her, then we had a battle. Who knows the most about the office? Wait till you see who won. We're going to review the Texas game. We're going to preview the Iowa State game. And, of course, you know it's never too late to do why we hate. This week it's Iowa State. Finished up with an interview that you will not want to miss. Check the Raspberry Voice Kids out today. It's time to play. Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt. This is not an RVK Golden Blue interview. Instead, this is a mashup. This is Emily Nestor from Mile Marker 181. Some of you may know her. Some of you may not. What we're here to find out is what does she know about sports and what do I know about serial killers? Emily, how are you today? I'm, I'm great. I'm drinking to a dog. Look at that. I don't even have to prompt her for the promo. Look <laughs> at that. Know. I know. Tr- I'm good, trying good. a new flavor today, so I'm good. I got the caramel apple. Kiss Will. <laughs> so who are we going with first? Do you want to ask me questions first or should you I You embarrass me first because you're going to like swoop in and make me look good. So just go ahead. Let's... She said she made her questions semi-hard. Yeah. Okay. Mine, I don't think are hard. Can I say this before you guys start? Let's go. What do you got to say, Jeremy? This is Jeremy Phoenix, J.N. Fiend, the kid. <laughs> I know you know who who I am, who I is. Real quick. You both look like superstars. Look with the stunner shades. Stunner shades. She came in here with the stunner shades. It's bright in here. And plus the prescription. We got to be able to see. Yeah. Okay, losers. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it. Four eyes is what you should have said. <laughs> All right. All right. Here we go. All right. Who is the NBA logo? The silhouette that makes the NBA logo. He is from West Virginia. Oh, no. His nickname is Zeke from Cabin Creek. I have no idea. No, I literally don't know. No idea. If he, you hadn't prompted me, I would have been like, I don't. I'll give you a hint. All my of my questions, one. all of my questions are West Virginia centric. So no matter oh, okay. if they're professional or not, they come from West Virginia. All right. So give me a guess. Something with Zeke in the name. <laughs> Zeke somebody. Is that correct, Jeremy? Well, hate to be too harsh to her, but I don't really care at this point. <laughs> Because she's a jerk. <laughs> Brandon, you got her. Man, what a loser. Oh, and zero. <laughs> oh, and Jerry West. Oh. Jerry West is arguably the most famous West Virginia. He just won the Presidential Medal of Honor from President Trump. I'm sure you paid a lot of attention to that. Anyway, back to the questions. The number two, can you name three West Virginia University football players of any era, any time? Well, I can for sure name one because Josh Jenkins. There's one. Oh, good, good <laughs> answer. Got one, good Josh answer. Jenkins. PHS alumni. Um, Parksburg High School in the house. You only need two good, more. Uh, the good side. The, the good, good side. side. That's right. You only need two more. No I, river rats. Hold on. Let me think. This might, I feel like I could do it, but. Let's do it. Let's see. I should just guess. I should just be like, oh, Smith. <laughs> okay. Good. <laughs> Good. Now you only need a first name. Jordan. Jordan Give me a first name. Give me a first name. See if you get one. Uh, oh, um, Josh. Another Josh. So that's a and... oh, okay. Who, who's the Smith? Tell me. Geno Smith. The, he's the record holder for. Now like... I am impressed that she knew Josh Smith from the Atlanta Hawks. 
but that <laughs> is not the correct Atlanta Hawks <laughs> 10 years ago. That's where I went researching last night, and that's what I found. All right, the next one. I'm going to make it even easier. Name two, only two, dos West Virginia University basketball players. No, I can't do a single one. You can. I gave you one already. I don't feel like she's trying very hard. Really? I she's like, she's like I stayed, first... ho- stayed up studying. Studying I what? I was lying. I did not. <laughs> I gave you Zeke from Cabin <laughs> Creek. So if you can remember his name, you get one. That was the first question. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you listen as well as Jeremy does. This, when we're this little dog has me, has me oh, leaning. No, no, don't try. No, 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 um, no. It was Owen something, something Owen, right? It was. No, it was not. <laughs> for football, for football, she's talking about Owen Schmidt. Oh, okay. No, but okay. Oh okay, no, no, she's wrong. talking about Owens, number twenty-four so from back in the day. Remember Owens, like, Jamie and Owens. I know even less about like WVU basketball. I know more about the game. Do you know where Westford? Do you know who the WVU head coach is in basketball? He raises money for the Norma Ray Huggins Cancer Fund. He does all kinds of things for the state, including flood relief. No, but you're about to tell me who he is. I gave you his last name. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> Come I on, guys. Like, give I'm her just... some encouragement. Uh, what encouragement does she need? She's looking at you. Go ahead and say the name, Brandon. Okay. I don't his know. name is Robert, a.k.a. Bobby Huggins. And we also call him oh Huggy gosh, Bear. Or I knew Huggs. that because he's relatives with people that I went to school with, Huggins. I'll give you a question. Like, while Brandon's still thinking of his next few questions. No, I got my last one. No, don't worry about it. Just wait for a second. I'm going to give you a question. Okay. Where does West Virginia University play sports? Where's the university at? What city? Morgantown. She got one. Right. We got her. And I even know where the stadium's at. It's by Ruby. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> She's killing it. That's a look. Look at it go. Look at it go. All right. And who, I haven't been to the stadium, but I've been to Ruby. That is a bonus question. So she gets the bonus question. Okay. Who is West Virginia University's biggest rival? Is it Marshall? No. I don't know, but that's like our Marshall. state. You know what I mean? Like that's where my mind goes. That is our little sister. Oh. But that is not our biggest rival. Not according to some Mountaineers I know. Well, those Mountaineers are incorrect. Okay. So you are Pitt. 0 for 5. If she, oh, hold she, up, said hold up. she said Pitt. Uh, but but here's the thing. If you talk to Herd Hater. No, he will tell you they are not our rival. Are you kidding? Okay, excuse me. All right. No, but she got it right. She said Pitt. Pitt. Okay, we go. Yeah. So you got one right plus the bonus question. Because the rhyme, which I can't say because it's a family friendly. Yes. Yes. Sweet Caroline. All right, so now it's my turn. And For the serial killers, what does Brandon know? I will tell you, I've been getting my Wikipedia on, so we'll see what he I've got. Already, when we were talking before this, he was like, and I know David Berkowitz, he's son of Sam. And I was like, well, now I have to change one of my questions. So I already got one right. Yeah, he's not. No, but I prepared a bonus. So. Look, I wanted to track Brandon didn't, so what? Um, <laughs> so he, he doesn't know about saving stuff for the time when it comes, so. That's a joke. That's a joke. Brandon wasn't tracked. Okay, he was he was a nerd. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um. Okay. So, what prolific serial killer was captured in 2018? 2018. Last year. It was in. It was West Coast. Yes. Um. I'm thinking. We talked about this. The we other did. Day. West Coast. You said his name. I will accept his moniker or his name. Let me try for the moniker. Okay. I'll go Zodiac first. Killer? No, he's dead. He's dead. Well, we don't know who he is. We don't know who he is, but he's probably dead. We know that he's not uh, Arthur Lee Allen, though, like in the Zodiac movie. Yeah, and he's we definitely not active. Him. Son of Sam. No, that was New York. 
And that's David Berkowitz. And that's David Berkowitz. <laughs> 20 years ago. Uh, I'll Longer. Have to, I'll have to pass on that. I don't know. The Golden State Killer. Yeah, I knew Joseph, it was. Joseph James D'Angelo, because we talked about forensic genealogy. Yes, we did. Yes. And that's how they figured it out. Okay, yes. so I'm over one. All right, so what serial killer also worked at a suicide hotline? Suicide hotline. All of them. <laughs> That'd be weird. Uh, I know it wasn't Dahmer. Sure. Um, it wasn't the handsome one. Def- you know, define the, the one that Zac Efron plays. Uh, oh wait, maybe it is. I just watched the, uh, the, Hold on, wait, wait! Don't day. tell me! Don't tell me! Don't tell me! Um, um, I not John Wayne Gacy. I watched it here. Actually. My friend has a documentary coming out about this serial killer, but hers is very victim centric. It's going to be different. <sighs> I'm going to give him some time on this because he's Can so you give close. Me, give you want to come back to it? Give me one more hit. Oh. Um, I don't think you should come back. Wait, I don't think he knows the Dumber? answer. Wait, no, wait. Like, wait, I'll Dumber. be honest with you. I don't I'm think trying you, to be nice. You can give him 24 hours. This dude ain't Who is it? <laughs> it's Ted Bundy. I was right. The one Zac Efron played and I couldn't remember Ted Bundy. He, yeah, he worked for I the said the handsome one. And that's how he knew Anne Rule who wrote The Stranger Beside Me. Part of the wow. part of the reason why I thought like, Ted, connects. part but, of the reason I remember that Ted Bundy was handsome is because Ted Bundy is possibly the ugliest serial killer name ever. You, uh, Ted Bundy. I, I thought you were gonna say he's the ugliest. I was like, well, his unibrow like does not help. Hey, hey, Anthony Davis, don't hate on that. By the way, M, me and you were the only ones to get that one right. Go ahead. All right, let's go. I didn't even have to look these up. I just wrote them out of my brain. I did the same thing. Good. Yes. We're experts in our own fields. It's fine. Yes. (laughs) All right. So what did the Zodiac Killer include in his letters to the press? Zodiac signs. No, you know this. We talked about you love the movie. Think hard on it. You you got it. Think about Tyrese. Think about Jake Gyllenhaal and Mark Ruffalo and Robert Downey Jr. What did he include in his letters to the police? To To the press, yeah. To the press. He he left samples, right? Like he gave them samples. Well, I think one time he left a piece of like a bloody shirt. Yeah, in the letter, but that's not what I'm actually asking. What did he leave? He included it in his letters. It's like part of his letter. I'm not trying to hate. Can we just say you don't know, Brandon? Like like you sit here looking off. The I distance. would have accepted ciphers or cryptograms. Yeah, they were all ciphers, though. All of his... No, the, there were letters where it was, like, written Straightforward. Out, straightforward. But he would purposely, like, spell things wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they could get it. I, that's another one I should have got. Ted Bunny's really going to haunt me. Ted Bunny, yeah. No, that, that that's going to haunt yeah. me. Yeah. All, right. all right. I just watched the movie, too. I'm, I'm going to shut up. I'm not part of this. Sorry. Go ahead. You guys. are part of this. So can you name the Los Angeles hotel that two serial killers were residents of during their killing sprees? I'll give you a hint. Do you want a hint? Yeah. So this inspired American Horror Story Hotel. Is it American Horror Story Hotel? No. Okay. No. What's what's that dude's name? Um. Oh, he's got it. Do you um, have it, Jay? You get a chance if he doesn't get it. You can go for the steal. Okay, you go first, and let me let me think. I actually, unlike you, who's thinking, I actually have a real thought in my head. Um, think about it, Brandon. Let me Google it real quick. <laughs> this is also the same hotel. I'll give you another hint. There's, Wh- this hotel's crazy. Whitney it's Houston died in it? No. Elisa Lamb, the girl that they found in the water. In the water tank. Mm-hmm. In 2013. Why don't I know it's this? It's downtown Los Angeles. What is it? It's the Cecil Hotel. 
I am so mad at myself. <laughs> I did a terrible <laughs> job. I should have gotten two. I should have gotten two. So I've got one more technically to make it five. This Actually, was my bonus, but I took out the Son of Sam one. Yeah. Because I knew that one, guys. Yeah. So you he get did, a point. He did. Yeah. So he gets a point for that. And I had almost asked, which I'm not going to now unless you want me to, and then you can have a bonus. Yes, that's good. Okay. So what's the name of the serial killer that also dressed up as a clown? He's gonna he's gonna get it. David Berkowitz. No, that's son of Sam. Yeah, and the dogs talk to him. Well, actually, it didn't. And you want to know what's crazy? Is that dog, his neighbor's dog that he made up this whole story about? Yeah. His name is Harvey, and that's my dog's name. But that's not, he came with the name. I, I feel like she's that. trying to tell us over and over again. She How might be a serial know? killer. How would you know? Because <laughs> <laughs> she's an expert, and she's really great at this. I'm, right, the, I'm, Clarice. Dressed, I'm the Clarice in this situation. Who dressed up as a clown? And I'm being a sore loser that I haven't got any of these. And I keep acting like, oh, I don't, maybe. Oh, like, I don't know, but when you nope. say it, I'll know who is it. It's John Wayne Gacy. I said John Wayne Gacy earlier. What? What is wrong with me? Here's what's dumb okay, about me. Stop it. No, here's what's dumb okay, about me. Stop it. You know Why would you not just name the only serial killers you know when in doubt? Amen. Yeah, when, when in, in doubt, doubt. Say John Wayne Gacy. Say John Wayne Gacy. And that's why I don't understand why anybody ever I am. I'm Do people hire clowns still? I Surely not, right? I don't know. I feel like we gave her some like lobs like that are easily dunk in. I feel like one of these should have been the Unabomber, but she didn't go there. Does the Unabomber she- count as a serial killer? I mean, I guess technically... Technically, he is, yeah. Because I was doing some research on what a serial killer is. What? I thought she was, I thought I was going to get more questions like that. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I can just ask you things off the top of my head, but yeah, you well, no, well, no, okay, we could so do wait, that. Jeremy, you almost were going to say Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker for the Cecil Hotel. Absolutely, you? yeah. Richard Ramirez. No, he was not going. to be lying right now. Well, hold up. How do you know? Gonna, and the other one, you know? And she was going to let you get away with it because no, she doesn't know you. No, we both. We both. And the say, other uh, M M girl. We on the same page, girl. And the other serial killer is he was Austrian. He was a journalist, and he. Um, Just, okay. So you said Austrian. I, I was thinking German, but go ahead. All right, Austrian. Jack, okay. Jack Unterweger. Yeah. Yep. Listen. Yep. He, we're on the same page. He's everything he's saying is a lie right now. <laughs> Bing. Uh, and you can't tell. And you're letting. What, hold on, what do you say to your podcast? There's three forms of lie. Yeah. <laughs> There's three forms of lie. Matter yeah. of fact, I was listening to that the other day. Lie of omission, lie of commission, and character lies. Like Jeremy's and, doing both of the last two and, and, lies and, of commission and, and character. Not, lies. And I'm trying to interrupt, but they were talking to Jalen Hurts and they were talking about what where the pass was supposed to go. And they're like, Was the pass supposed to go to him? There's two people right there. And he's like, Who called it? And immediately I almost said I almost messaged you everybody saying, Which one is this? Live, <laughs> live <laughs> No, it's not lie, he asked a question. Dude was lying. All right, so here comes the more fun part. No, wait, you have a bonus still. I have that a bonus. Was five. Still. Yeah. Okay, okay, here we go. So can you name the serial killer that I find most fascinating? Because I don't condone the use of the phrase favorite serial killer. That you find most fascinating. Why don't you like Okay, because okay. Because serial I killers think, aren't good. I think you would find Dahmer most most fascinating. Actually, he, I think he's the most like the one I want to know least about. Why? Because it's so creepy? Cannibalism really grosses me out. That's why I thought you might find him fascinating. I think the psychology behind cannibalism would be really fascinating to study. Like, there's got to be some kind of weird pathology there. Uh, yeah. But. <laughs> she said she thinks there might be some kind of weird pathology behind cannibalism. <laughs> More so than other, uh, like, killers. Yeah. So, it's not Dahmer. Who is it? Ed Kemper, the co-ed killer. Why do you like him so much? Well, he was like super. He's he's still alive. He's super super um, high IQ, and he's one of the first 
serial killers um that cooperated with the fbi and he actually like doesn't think like he doesn't even try to like get paroled out like he he turns down he knows he should be locked up so i find that he's like very self-aware oh yeah yeah self-aware and no friends got you so (laughs) and no friends and no friends he killed them all <laughs> he did kill so, his mother. So I the thing one of the things I learned about serial killers, I thought serial killers were all high IQ. And it turns out that they're not. They're either average to slightly below average, correct? So I think not all, but all Sure, but it's going to depend on if you have like an organized killer or a disorganized killer. Cuz I feel like with But they dis- said something like 60 or 81% or something have like an IQ between 80 and 1 yeah, like Gary 15. Ridgway, the Green River Killer, very stupid. Very yeah, stupid. but I feel like and here's the thing: me being an expert on watching TV, um, <laughs> I feel wait till like, you watch Mindhunter. You're going to be an expert like I am. Yeah, you know, I I feel like if you commit crimes randomly, which really don't have any connection, you're you have the ability to get away with them more oftentimes than not. What eventually gets you caught is people who go into the cookie jar too many times. You know what I mean? Which most serial killers can't stop killing, which is why they get caught. But but that's what I'm saying. I'm saying like I feel like you could be a serial killer if you're killing random people who have nothing to do with you. And there's no pattern. There's real skill. But, but even but when there's not a pattern. There's always a pattern. There's always a pattern. Which is why serial killers get caught because they don't even know that they're doing things in a pattern. But their impulsivity is caused by whatever pathology they have. Usually they've been bullied as children, right? You know one thing I found very fascinating no, no, no. about serial killers? No, no. Head injuries. Quick. Quick pro Quick pro quo. Pro quo. Something for something? That's what that means. Yeah, yeah, but I just like the way he says it. I felt like it would add something to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, love Sil- I love Silas of the Lamb. For real. Real talk. They took it off Netflix, and they, then they took it off Hulu, and I have the DVD at home, but if I want to watch it in bed on my laptop, Why no, do they can't. take it off? Why do they take it off? Well, they do it from time to time. I don't okay, know what the deal okay. is. So, this is, Jeremy, you'll find this interesting. 60% of serial killers, known serial killers, wet the bed past the age of 12. It's called the McDonald Triad, and it's bedwetting. No, no, no. It's not called the and- McDonald Triad. Any real G, cool person knows it's called, all right, people hate me, losers and <laughs> No, they set fires. They harm animals. You piss pre- a bed. Pre- and pre- and and you, piss, you piss a bed till you were 12. <laughs> Oh, this is a, this is definitely going to have to have a disclaimer for our videos. Sorry, I'm sorry. You peed the bed till you were 12. Which one of your dudes is coming over hanging out? None of them. You know why? Because you ain't had no friends, okay? Aww. Well, a lot of them didn't have friends. I mean, that, that's another sign for serial killers. A lot of times they were outcasts. Not always, but a lot of them were outcasts. So. But anyway, this has been fun. It's time now for the real fun. Yes. Because this is a competition of all competitions. This is a competition about The Office. Who knows more about The Office? So are we going to write these? What are we going to do? Oh, yeah. So now I need... <gasps> I need. So there's a notepad over there. We, yeah, we need to get a couple pads, a couple pieces of paper. So this um, is the final pens. countdown, the final showdown. The final so countdown. I'm hitting this microphone off of everything. I'm not used to having to hold my mic. Yeah. I've got a tripod. I look, you got to just act like you're like in a concert. Like when you hold out to here, like you're just killing it. Oh, okay. Cool. This right here. Yep. And don't look at what I've got going on. Oh, hold up. She said, don't look. Do we need little folders? Like we're in elementary school to make sure. Because I know Brandon's. Like the test, the little. I know Brandon's sight. You're going to edit this so it looks cool. Like when we go. I know Brandon's sight. 
to be looking over on somebody's paper. So I, mean, I can't get the seat to move. There we go. All right. Do I still look all right, Jordan? All right. Jeremy, you ready? Wild thing. Wild thing. Shouldn't you be singing Lazy Scranton? Yeah. Sitting in my office with a plate of grilled bacon. Let's do it. <laughs> he didn't even. He just blanked totally. In Scranton, what? The Electric City. I know See, that. Yeah, I, I hit him up. <laughs> um, you know what? I would love to say I was as thorough as you guys. You guys are beautiful people. You guys are great at what you do. He's going to go with softball questions. All right. Get I'll, them all right. And, and then it's going to, yeah. No, note that. Joke. Wait, by the way, Emily won. Emily won the round. She knew more about sports than I knew about serial killers. No, you both lost, okay? We no. You both lost. Don't try to. You guys <laughs> both went. Right. You guys. You got. You got. Uh, you, Josh Jenkins' name. You, That's it. No, no, no. You got our rival, right? You guys, and I got the, and you got the bonus question. Okay, you both went over. You both are terrible at the other other thing. And Brandon, no, she didn't go over. She got one and the bonus. I'll give her the win because Brandon kept trying to fake like he should have known, which is I, classic. No, which is classic. No, I wasn't faking. No, I wasn't in the competition, son. Learned, I got them all right. The lesson we've learned is don't study. Don't study. Yeah, that's, right. that's the thing we should have learned. Yeah, I did too. I wish I grew up in an area full of serial killers like she grew up full of West Virginia. But anyway, I'm not salty. I'm a gracious loser. Congratulations. Thank you. All right, Jeremy, let's go. We'll get a we'll get a championship wrestling belt for her. Thank you. You can rock it, girl. <laughs> All right. So the first question is, hopefully they know this, so I don't have to look it up. What are the names of Stanley's wife, first mistress, second mistress for Stanley Hudson? I see writing going down. So I know the I know the first mistress. I know the first mistress. Okay. Nice. I'm gonna get it. <laughs> I'm so mad at myself. <laughs> I think I've got the second wife, mistress. first mistress, and second mistress. I think oh, that oh. I, we we can play the doom 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 doom. That's fine. They don't care about us. On YouTube, it doesn't matter. And I will also say. All right, time's up. Uh, let's do it. Ben's down. I'll I'll answer first and and see if I got him right. Oh, well, we're gonna do it right now. Oh, you want to just let's wait till the end? Let's do one by one. I mean, we one? can do that. That way, the pressure builds. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the first mistress is Cynthia. Oh, real quick, real quick. Uh, Jordan, can you look up the answers to these questions, please? We. The first uh, mistress <laughs> is Cynthia. The second mistress is Terry. Terry is his wife. Cynthia is the first mistress, and Lydia is the second Lydia! Oh, look at her bringing it. She knows it. She got it. Was yeah. that hard, though? Was that hard? That was a good question. That was a good question. That, yeah. was, a good, that, that was hard, but not too hard. Like, I should have yeah. gotten it right. I came up all that. Lydia was, like, the hard one. I got it, two yeah. of the three names, but I got them out of order. Yep, I, and I did this um, all by myself. So, you know, that's a good question by me, and not the internet that I Googled before I came here. Anyway. Second question. What, what is Michael's username for the online dating site? Oh, we're both going to get this. <laughs> I will give you all four. Oh, I know what it is. <laughs> I forgot. This is so good. That's a good question, though. You ready? You both, yeah, I'm ready. You can answer first this time. It's a little kid lover. Because I want people to know exactly how I feel. <laughs> I love Jordan's face. Jordan is dying. <laughs> It's so funny. Little kid lover. So I've got two. You've got one. Yep. Okay. 
see okay. the pressure's going to build. Yeah, she's competitive. I like her. She she's is competitive. I don't think I am. Uh, you I'm just honest. said out of nowhere, I have to, you have one. Competitive. I like it. <laughs> the office trivia? Yeah. Nice, All right, try. nice try, though. I know who I'm taking with me to the office trivia. I got Reza and I got Emily. Yeah. Yeah. Emily is your ace. There you go. Anyway. Um, and the pilot episode. Who started the first day? Who had their first day on the pilot episode? First and last name. It don't matter if you it's just first name. Oh, I know. I'll give you the answer. No, I know what it is. Ryan the started temp. the fire. Ryan the temp. <laughs> Ryan the temp. That was easy. Okay. BJ Novak. Yeah. All right. Nothing is better than when Dwight is so happy. To and people ride. think like online that BJ Novak is Mindy Kaling's baby dad. And I believe it. I They've want to believe all, it. I want Do it to you? be too. I mean, it's none she of hasn't our revealed, business. She hasn't, re- she hasn't revealed. Know. She's not revealed who the father of her child is. But I want it to be BJ Novak. I feel like we need They're to play like, the music. Who that man? Friends. My baby daddy. Who that man? My baby. Or daddy. I'll take. Char- I would like it to be Charles Minor also. So that would be okay with me. All right. Next. Here's question. another question. Which of Angela's cats does Dwight freeze? Is it Fluffy? That's too easy. Is yeah. it Sparkles? Oh, sorry. Is it Sprinkles? Or is it Bandit? We we both know. That's fine. But it's fine. We're mixing it up. I'll answer this time. She has a name, and her name is Sprinkles. Bingo. Yep. Here's a good question. All of my bags of frozen french fries were shredded. <laughs> Monkey. <laughs> <laughs> I love when she's like, and there's, they, what is it? Like, she has a rash under her tail, so you have to lift her tail up and put cream on Yeah, and it. he's like, Dwight's face is the best he's during the whole thing. He's just going like. I did what city folk don't have the stomach to do. All right. All right. How long? How long, how long were Pam and Roy engaged? Oh, good question. Uh, I'm going to say. And it's your turn to answer. We're gonna give you a few seconds. Just think about it. We're gonna give you a few seconds. Okay. I think it's six years. I say three years. And Brandon has his first point. Oh, Boom! Man. Finally. Three years. Wow. Good question, Jeremy slash Jordan. Well, that's not your first point. No, it's the first one. I we're tied now. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Because we tied on. The, you got the first one. Then we tied yeah. the next three, okay. and now gotcha. it's a game. It's a game. Look, right. get, look. Series don't start to the the uh, away team wins a game, and I feel like Brandon's away team. He's the underdog. He's got a point. It's on. All right, right. let's go. Oh, okay. Oh, I guess I only have my three left. Give me a second. I'm gonna get to my three questions. That I don't want the a answers. hard one. Um, really that hard. was a good one. The first one and and that one were good ones. Here's yeah. here's here's a question right here. Why was Ryan demoted to the annex? Demoted to the annex? Yes. 
not into the closet, but into the annex. Yeah. Why was Ryan demoted to the annex to sit in the annex? What you think? Ash, you're, you're, Do you want Toby's theory? <laughs> the Scranton Strength theory? No, Toby's oh. theory. This is not the real reason. Oh, that, that he was doing it to Michael did it him. to punish him. I don't think Michael did it. I to might him. not know this. I know that Michael sent him, but I... Quit listening to me. No, I'm not. I don't know. We want a new question. <laughs> so you both know. you both get it wrong. We both I I can give you Toby's reason. Toby's reason was that Michael did it to punish to, to- punish him. Toby, yeah. To punish Toby by putting Kelly and Ryan together so they would argue. All in right, front so of you him. both get this is wrong. Yeah, we both got it wrong. Why? Remember he's like I think he did it as a punishment. Remember when he went to the college and he didn't stand up for Michael and he thought Oh no. And no, when he came back no, he said, I wasn't gonna fire you. I'm not gonna fire he you. He rips that kid's textbook up. Yeah. And, and he demotes him to the annex right. because he doesn't fire him for what he does. He said that they would be obsolete. And by the way, years. that was not from the internet. That was from me. I'm up. Look, where am I on the scoreboard? I just Good got a point. Good question. Good question from JN Fiend. Yeah, I like that. Okay, I'm feeling myself. I'm feeling myself. All right, here we go. What pretzel does Michael get on pretzel day? Easy. Yeah, we both got that. Oh, sorry. Let's say it. This is good. This is tension. Yeah, this is tension. It was everything. Everything pretzel. The works. The works. The works. The works. We Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but it's the same thing. Now, here's the thing. The last then question. Then he goes I, into the sugar coma. The last question I. Yeah, they all. <laughs> that was. That, that episode is so good. On, Pretzel did a good episode for a lot of reasons. Uh-uh. Back in the line. No, no. Bunch of pair of Marys. So before we ask the no, last it's, question. Yeah. It's great because, it's because Jan is making. Pam keep track of everything Michael does that, that day. That specific like and, week or something. Yeah. Here's a question for you guys before we get to the last question. Who loves what more? Does Oh shoot. I forgot. I forgot. Uh, uh, pretzel Day dude. Stanley? Does Stanley love Pretzel Day more? Or does Cookie dude? Oh, does Kevin like cookies more than Stanley or, like Pretzel Day? There you go. That's subjective. But, but I'm just asking. No, this is. Just, I was gonna go with Stanley too. This is not a real question. This is for you guys who've watched we the both, show. We both agree Stanley likes Pretzel Day more than Kevin likes cookies. You think so? Yeah. Kevin likes everything. Yeah. Especially, but Stanley has a special feeling about Pretzel Day. Yeah, but, but Stanley also day? likes Florida a whole lot. Florida Stanley and Florida Stanley. and Stanley also like them women's too. Just about Stanley is very big into adultery. You Did know? I say Messina? <laughs> That's okay. I don't. Kevin made a whole song about Pretzel Day. I mean about Cookie Day. Yeah, Cookie Season. Cookie Season. That's right. All right, That's so we got to go best. to question nine. All right, the last question that I have is nine. On Dwight's first time around the building. As Pam is timing him. What is his time for the first lap that Pam... He doesn't have a time. She tells him one, though. She tells him one. Going out to speed up if you want to beat... Toby. Toby, I'm going to say 13 seconds. I was going to say 20. And you're both wrong. Okay. What was it? What was it? I don't know right now, but I know it was... (laughs) 
How long oh, he was came it? Up with it, himself. it was yeah, I did. I did. And it was it was over a minute. I remember him saying, like, it's minute, you're on the speed up if you want to beat Toby. But Is here's it? the real question, what was she timing him with? Oh that's, that's right. No, thermostat. Uh, uh, no, thermometer. It uh, wasn't a thermostat. Here's another. Oh, I meant. Oh, oh another bonus this question. Even and this should and this should be easy for you guys. Bonus question. And we're both gonna get it. How long was it on the episode of Scott's Tots since Michael had promised to buy them? I mean, to to get you know, them <laughs> to, to to get them. She knows, so I'll say it. Go ahead. Has it been ten years already? Has it been ten years already? <laughs> oh, I got it wrong. Oh, oh yes! Oh, at least I'm honest. Right? Oh my goodness! She's hey, Mrs. Honest. Scott, what you gonna, gonna do? What you gonna, gonna do? Make, make our dreams come, come true. I love how Aaron, like on the way back, yeah. hey, Mrs. Scott, what you gonna do? <laughs> oh my goodness! So wait, is that it? Do you have any other questions? No, that's it. He won. Oh my goodness! So we tied because the reason we tied, you won the original round, and then I won this, mm-hmm. so we tied. Let's see who can sing Truth Hurts the farthest into the song without messing it up. Which one? Usher? No, Lizzo. Oh. Lizzo. Oh. Lizzo. She's young. She's young. I thought, I thought she was talking about, I got reason to believe that you've been fooling around. No. Yeah, I think talking about Usher. Truth Hurts. Let me guarantee you're going to win this one. <laughs> <laughs> Just go ahead and forfeit that. Let me see. Let's do it first. Uh, are, you, are you really going to try? Why do men wait to be great? Why men great till they gotta be great? Yeah, it's why why men wait to till they gotta be. Why do great? I feel like hold up? Why do I feel like Lizzo is the um answer to like all right? So I feel like Lizzo that song to is the for world's every girl who goes through issues is like look I don't need a man Lizzo and I feel like dudes when they go through a relationship and things end badly they sing you don't have to call. It's okay, girl. I feel like it depends on where you're at. I'm going to be all right Stages of grief. Yeah, I don't believe in the Mid-Ohio Valley. That's the number one song for getting over girls, but I think you're right. Okay, well, it should be. Okay, is that what I'm trying to say? Guys, this has been a blast. Once again, Emily Naster, if you do not already watch or listen to Mile Marker 181, get on it. Fantastic true crime podcast. Absolutely. And let me just interject right here. I started listening to it. I got into it. She's great at what she does. It's it's really... Let's look. Don't don't take my word for it. Listen to the first episode. You don't like it, turn it off. Promise you won't be able to. Listen and to the first episode. Me, her voice is not going to want to make you punch her in the face. <laughs> I should have done a spit take. You should have. That would have been great. <laughs> Raspy voice! The home of the Raspy Voice Kids official pepperoni roll. Pizza Place, the pizza place of Morgantown, West Virginia, up there on the mile ground. Please go check out Mike and Luca as they hook you up with pies, sometimes heart-shaped pies. They do their very best, and it is the best pizza in the entire state, bar none. The Raspberry Voice Kids approve, and we indulge. Go check them out when you want some real flavor. We want to thank Shrinkables, a longtime partner, our first sponsor. They make the best bulldogs in the entire world. They're so cute, they're so cuddly. You can add them to your family. Shrink up bulls. And finally, the international traveler, quintessential businessman, Mr. Jim Ashley, a proud sponsor and partner of the Raspberry Boys Kids, also hailing from Parkersburg like your boys, the RVK. Please get at us. Astorg Auto of Charleston is West Virginia's premier automotive luxury dealer. We sell Land Rover, Jaguar, Mercedes-Benz, Volvo, and Audi brands. We also have a wide variety of pre-owned luxury cars at our store on Corridor G. 
Our service department also goes the extra mile and aims to exceed your expectations. We offer free pickup and delivery on service appointments to make your life easier. Come experience a new level of service. Astorgado of Charleston, a tradition of automotive excellence. Learn more at astorgado.com. This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pit, joining... Jeremy J.N. Fiend Phoenix, like I always say, in the building. We are here to talk to you about... Pop, 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 pop. No, I'm joking. No, not pop culture. We just did pop culture. We're here to talk about the Texas game. Where are you, Jeremy, on the Texas game? What are your feelings? First and foremost, let me say this. I'm not a hater. Hey, tip the cap. They won the game. A W is a W. They found a way to win. With that being said, Texas is nowhere near as good as number 11 in the country. People who keep saying Sam Ellinger for high has been have lost their mind. Absolutely lost her mind. I don't care about the stats. Look, he had some good runs. He threw three or four balls that should have been picked off. Sam Ellinger had a rib injury that he sustained um, two weeks prior. Yeah, it doesn't everybody. He had a bye week. Yeah, everybody has injuries. But you could tell because his throws were terrible. Terrible. But they praised him like they were like like he was a Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah, they did prior to. But I, I just felt the same as you. He seemed like like has been said by Jake Lance, a.k.a. Nightstare on Twitter. He is the poor man's Brock Purdy. Speaking of that, it is Brocktober. We will be getting to that next segment. Yeah, we sure will. But let's talk more about this Texas game, Jeremy. What do you think now that we gave props so, to Texas? Because uh, so, I wanted, I too want to give props to Texas. Props to the Longhorns. There's also props. It's still horns down forever. Horns down forever. I'm so mad that Tom Herman got to win. I wanted to hear him cry. I wanted to hear him cry about uh, anything. The uh, stadium was too loud. I just want to hear something. They booed when we came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Real talk, I look at this game and I, and I and I see first first and foremost, I just see the coaching. Yes, the coaching stood out to me. That's what you want to see. People are talking about Neil Brown or people talk about other coaches, and you want to see the progressions that they made. If you watch this game, Coning was talking about how we were soft on defense in the Missouri game. This game was not that, and Texas had big boys. And we came to play. Our defense came to play. How many times did Ellinger throw the ball deep? And even if it was a perfect pass, our defensive backs were all there, all over them like stink on poop. Like legitimately all over them. There was nothing open. I feel like that was true for a lot of times, but we played soft coverage on third downs, which is a coaching call. But that's underneath. Yeah, that's a little bit underneath, yep. you know. It's Touchdown passes, same sort of Early thing. on, I feel like it was a coaching call when there was a bunch of third and nines on the first drive Texas had. Um, it's a feeling out, you know, they're talking about fighters in like a, you know, a boxing match. They feel each other out. So Texas was getting a couple advantages early on in that, that the very first drive. We kept backing off, giving it up, bend, but don't break. And we didn't break. Um, we, pl- I feel like our team played hard. When I envisioned Neil Brown coming here, it wasn't us winning every single game at first. It was seeing our team play hard and be in every single game. That's what I saw. I saw the offensive line show up and not give up a sack. Um, make you know decent enough holes against uh, a big defensive line. When you say decent enough holes, we averaged four point two yards per. That's carry. what I'm saying. Well, they, but we didn't have like two hundred yards rushing. That's what I'm saying. Well, we didn't run the ball that much. We That's averaged four point two yards per carry. That's true. That's very true. That's very true. I just felt like um, we played very very solid, except for you know special teams, and we'll, we'll talk about Staley later because I'm the kind of person I have faith in Staley. I was gonna say you can't say special teams because Josh Croden. Was is a finalist for the Ray Ray Award of for the week. Well, part Ray of our special teams is field goal kicking. So that's that is part well. of it. That's part of it. So that's what I say as a whole. But there, 
But but uh, Staley, people were hating on Staley. I heard some people like in stadium being irritated with him, and I get it. He's he having missed, a bad season. He's 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 missed some. He's but, having a bad season thus far, especially when you compare it to last year. Yeah, he's having a bad season. I feel like the kid can bounce back though. Um, the, I just hope he doesn't lose confidence. So, so so I guess for me overall, I was happy with the defense. I was happy with the game plan. I was happy with the coaching. I was happy with mostly everything except for the quarterback play. Now, we're talking about Austin Kendall, QB1. QB1. And Neil Brown said that people are going to want to blame this game on Austin Kendall, which I will say up front, I personally do blame that game on Austin Kendall. And and let me say this before we get into this. People who say it's wrong to criticize players are crazy. It is not wrong to criticize scholarship players. And let me say this real quick. Brandon, you can continue on. Listen to this whole thing. Don't don't turn it off during when Brandon's talking about criticizing because we keep it real. Raspy voice kids keep it real. Listen to the whole thing. Well, it's not just about keeping it real. I think it's wrong to berate the players. Yep. I personally do not boo the players. Um, I don't mind booing coaching staff if you if you're there because they're paid and they're adults. But I think it's wrong to I think it's wrong to make personal attacks against players. Definitely wrong to make threats against players. No threats. No I think personal attacks. I think this it's wrong. Where, this is where we differentiate. I think I, it's honestly, wrong to tweet. I think it's wrong to tweet at players. Don't tweet at you players. You can tweet about players. I don't think it's right to tweet don't at tweet players. Don't tweet at them. But like this is where we're different. And and I know, like talking to Doug, uh, Dougie Fresh's, uh, yeah. I don't know if his girlfriend, his wife. Yeah. Uh, she heavily disagrees with me. I personally don't feel like it's wrong to boo. Because I feel like every great organization, Yankees, uh, Mets, uh, yeah. uh, NBA teams, every place I watch where, t- where the fan base is passionate. Ohio State, Alabama. Everybody boos. And I don't feel it's wrong to boo. Now, taking personal attacks, to go personally on Twitter, to to do that kind of stuff, no way. Never. I don't like booing players because mistakes happen. It's not like I'm okay booing a player who does a cheap shot. I'm okay booing a player who does something selfish, like an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty for showboating or celebrating when they have no If I'm in that. the moment and I'm making noise, you say stand up, make noise on third down, and I'm yelling my guts out, my voice is rasping, my voice is hurting, but I'm still clapping and yelling, and I'm so into it, and you throw a, 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 a throw that's less desirable that gets picked off over and over again, at some point, because I'm emotional and I'm hyped up for the game, sorry, the booze can come out. I did not boo. But I do not hate on people who do boo. I don't think personal uh, uh, attacks are okay. But booing, I'm sorry, that's part of sports. The other thing I think that's is like I feel like that's like giving little kids uh, what, what, participation, participation trophies. trophies. Look, you're playing a sport where they boo. That's what happens. Football, basketball, that's what happens. That is what you signed up for, and that is what you've been playing since you were a little kid. I'm sorry, at a big time. So at one point, okay, now now we're on a different conversation. What age is it not appropriate to boo? Can you boo high school kids? Now see, no, no. I think it's college, collegiate. When you so from like, so once you're in college, then the boos can begin. Boos begin when you get in college. High school, no. Okay. Unless you're booing the coach for play calls. Okay. Because I, I feel like coaches co- are different. I collegiately, like co- collegiately, you've decided to move on to the next level to take your career a step higher. And you realize what comes with that. High school, you should be doing it because your friends are there. Even if you are serious, you're still high school kids. There's, there's a, prog- and I feel like a natural progression. So, so in high school, you don't boo. College, you boo. In NFL, you throw batteries. 
<laughs> only in Philadelphia. Just joking. Just only, in, joking. only in Philadelphia. Just joking. Maybe the Bills, too. All right, so back to Austin Kendall. Neil Brown said everybody's going to want to lay the blame on Austin Kendall, but he only blames Austin Kendall for, for one of the four interceptions. What would you say if you were coach? Now, Sean Ryan, sorry, Sean Reagan, the quarterback's coach, blamed Austin Kendall for two of the interceptions. I personally blame Austin Kendall for all four. four. I watched the game. We sat in 218. If you were throwing dimes and like throwing perfect passes and threw touch, I'd be like, okay, a couple. All right. Well, we'll no, no. When you have, when, when you didn't throw really any spectacular passes, even the one that Sam. He did throw spectacular passes. The one that Sam James went and got was low, and Sam James That was went a bad throw. That. But the one to Bryce Wheaton in the end zone was perfect. Okay. But you wouldn't know. Oh, oh, the one that uh, okay, no one. I don't care. No, I'm saying it. The one that didn't matter. The one that didn't matter. The one that the game was over. Yeah, but yeah. He, but when the pressure's also, off, it's easy to be beat a man. He threw some nice passes to T.J. Simmons, including the long run where T.J. broke the tackle and ran up the field. Let me just say this about Austin. Kendall. He threw the ball. You know how many times he threw the ball? Like forty six times. Let me say this about Austin Kendall. I need to get get this out real quick. Austin Kendall has talent. Austin Kendall has arm strength. So far this year. I've not seen things that make me think, oh, my goodness, he's so spectacular. I do see talent there. And it's very clear because they keep him in the whole time and the way they talk. He's our best option at quarterback. We need him to bounce back. We need him to bring against Iowa State. And he may just do that. I'm specifically talking about the Texas game where he did not play spectacular. And I don't care if Neil Brown said he didn't put on him because you're a head coach. You're supposed to be your quarterback's corner. You're supposed to pump him up. You're supposed to keep the fan base, you know, reasonable as much as you can. I'm, as a fan, as a fanatic, going to sit here and tell you the Texas game is a lot better. Did bit I go part- hit record? Go look. Go look. Is a lot bit. Uh, I really hope you hit record. But anyway, is a lot bit because Austin Kendall, Austin Kendall wasn't throwing the ball like I know he knows he can. I I was okay. So there are bad throws, but decision making is part of it too. The interception that he threw on our side of the field. Going towards the luxury, and it's, and it's so going big. towards the luxury boxes. Yep. The yep. thing about that play is they keep Sean Ryan said it, Neil Brown said it. The receiver didn't finish the route. He should have ran a couple more steps. My problem with that is there was a receiver, there was a running back who was wide open in the flat. Now they said that was a called play that it was a three step drop, and then you make the throw, a timing pattern. In that case, I was wrong because all I do is I see the I see the running back, and I think and he's I don't open, mind it. You know in. the reason why I don't mind if you're wrong. Because, like I talk about territory, if West Virginia were to go undefeated and win a national championship, they'd be giving praise to Neil Brown and Austin Kendall. No, I'm not. Listen. And on the flip side, when you lose listen, and you throw four I tweeted if we, I tweeted, if we lose, it's on Austin Kendall. I am not here. Like, so, but, uh, but at Don't the same think time, I'm attacking you. I'm talking, to you. I'm talking to you, but through you, too, because it's people who feel like you. So I'm giving this explanation of. No, I blame Austin Kendall for minimum. I blame him for all four interceptions, personally. At the bare minimum, three. People try to say that, uh, like Sean Ryan said, to throw the one that Sam James, the where, by the way, Texas, the Texas defensive back made a ridiculous uh, Picked it off one hand. Sam James, by the way, Sam James is sick. Sam James is fast. He stole the ball with one arm means get in the gym. Get in the gym. Get in the gym. You had two hands on the ball. But he had two hands be- behind his head. That's a hard catch. Yo, start doing some lap pull downs, okay? Well, all I'm saying is the more, most important part of that play 
The most important part of that play is that Sam James was open to the middle of the field. Throw it to the middle of the field. If you throw the ball to the middle of the field, it's a touchdown. And we're not talking about a 50-50 ball. So while you say he threw a 50-50 ball, okay, it shouldn't have been a 50-50 ball. Amen. It should have been an incompletion or a touchdown. That's what it should have been. Now, and he wasn't under heavy pressure. Now, do you feel differently knowing that Austin Kendall had a hand infection and was in the hospital earlier in the week? Everybody has something. Football is a physical game. Everybody who's out there playing on the field most of the time has some kind of ailment. And it's funny that you only hear about these injuries when you throw four interceptions and your team loses. There's other If he'd have thrown five touchdowns and, and somehow you would have never heard nothing. I think you would have heard about it. I think they saved maybe it until after. Maybe, maybe it's at the end of the game. But I will say, year, the other thing, I feel the same way as you. I don't care. I, I honestly don't care. There's if you're, not healthy, all kinds if of you're stuff. not healthy enough to play, you're not healthy enough And the to biggest play. thing is I watch Texas, and there's teams where I watch that I feel like, all right, last year against Oklahoma, yeah, it was close. Oklahoma was a better team than us. Missouri beat our brains out. Missouri, better, better team, team than, than us. us. I watch Texas. Texas is the number 11 team in the country, Texas is not the number 11 team in the country. You, you say that, but it's okay for teams to have bad days. And teams have bad games. I, Brandon, I mean, it's like watching Clemson. You, you can have you bad. Really think, you so, can, so Clemson almost lost to North Carolina. Let me say, they, they did they lose to North Carolina the year before? Texas came in here. Granted, they have the Red River uh, rivalry, though. Is that what they call it now? Yeah, I call it Red River Shootout still. Yeah, Red River Shootout. Um so they can be focused on that. But we just beat them in their place in Austin. Barely. I don't think that they were overlooking horns down all week. I think they were ready. I'm not, what, well, I'm not saying they were overlooking. No, no, listen, 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 listen. When, You can have a bad game. But, but what, you're, you say, you're trying to say I that watch, they overlooked. When I that wa- I said that. But I didn't say that. I when, said they had a bad game. When I watch teams, I watch stuff like the trenches, the play calling, the receivers, the defensive back. When I saw Texas, I didn't think they were, wow, this team is way more athletic than us. Wow. You see the big guys? They're moving us off the ball. Wow. When I looked at Texas, Texas is a regular team, Brandon. I've seen teams, I thought, wow, we may have beat them, but they did this, this, and that, which speaks to the point of what somebody brought up. I need to look at my phone. But the SBI is the first time in how many years? Yeah. Where that it basically says Texas should have lost. Should have lost. And I think it's the truth. Texas is not that great of a squad. And I'm not trying to hate on Texas. I'm not saying we're so wonderful. But I'm saying it's tough for me to swallow a loss when I think that we have the opportunity and the ability to win a game. If we, if we were just outmanned, that's one thing. Saturday, I didn't feel like we were outmanned. Saturday, I feel like um, Austin Kendall, and I'm not putting it all on him, but a lot of I am. I, no, I'm putting but a lot on. of <laughs> I put it all on Austin Kendall. And I, and I say. Because it's not just what it's not just that he threw interceptions. It's where he threw the interceptions. Bro, it's when he threw the interceptions. If we could have got up. We were up 7 nothing. We we had momentum. And then he throws this interception that just completely punches us in the stomach. Three or four plays later, they score a touchdown inside the game. And everything we've done, the first drive is null and void. Because you just gave it straight back the very next possession. Yeah, no, I agree. And Evan Staley bears some responsibility too. I won't blame him for the 54-yarder. I mean. Yeah. And, and the truth is, he's having a rough year. He's having a rough year. What's funny is, I have faith in Evan. I feel like he'll bounce back. I, that's the thing that's most important. I'm not a bench Austin Kendall guy. I am not a bench Austin Kendall guy because not even during the game. Someone's like, who throws four interceptions and doesn't get benched? Lots of people. You roll with the guy that you came with, especially if you believe he's the best quarterback. He needs reps. So if, in fact, he's going to be the guy going forward, he needs to continue to throw the ball because this is his first year starting. So I'm not a bench Austin Kendall guy. Um, I'm not an Austin Kendall stinks. There, there are people saying he's the worst quarterback we've had ever at WVU. Here's the thing. I'm not even talking about that. But, but here's the thing with Austin Kendall, what I like about Austin Kendall. 
I watch him as as he throws passes, and it doesn't ever seem like he's rattled. I agree. What I mean is he throws it. He may hang his head just a little bit. I think he has full capability to bounce back next week. And we need and him to. It. We need him to. And so that's where I am with Austin Kendall, the Austin Kendall thing. Um, we are not about benching Austin Kendall. We are not. Shout out to Darius Cohen with the sack, looking like a beast. Shout out to another Stills boy getting another sack in another game. The pickoff by Washington. Tyke Smith representing as a freshman. Showing up. Well, that's um, it. Speedy recovery to Sean Ryan and Sam James. Absolutely. Sean Ryan had surgery um, on Tuesday, so hopefully he'll recover quickly from that. And Sam James is in concussion protocol, I believe, but they he's a questionable, they said, for the game for this coming Saturday. So we'll see how that goes. But those are our thoughts on Texas, basically. Tell us what you thought. Get at your boys. Leave an anchor message. Tweet at us. Get at us. Raspy voice. Raspy voice. You want the dopest gear out? You want to look fresh while rocking the Mountaineer brands? The best thing to do is go to bookexchangewv.com. That's where you get the flyest apparel. The Book Exchange is going to hook you up for listening to the RVK. Use code R-A-S-P-Y-V-O-I-C-E. Raspy Voice. Code Raspy Voice when you go to bookexchangewv.com to get the flyest Mountaineer gear and souvenirs. Hey, this is Brandon from the Raspy Voice Kids. We are now teamed up with SeatGeek. SeatGeek, the place to go and get your tickets for any live event that you want to be a part of, especially if you're a sports fan. Use code RaspyVoice, R-A-S-P-Y-V-O-I-C-E, and you get $20 off your first purchase. Code RaspyVoice at SeatGeek. Download the app. Get to saving now. Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt, with why we hate Iowa State. One of the main reasons we hate you is because your colors are terrible. They are so stupid. And you have two different mascots, a cyclone and a bird. That doesn't even make sense, especially when you need to understand that birds get real quiet when storms are approaching, and there's one coming out of the east, one coming from Morgantown. That's right, we're the Mountaineers, but we're bringing the thunder, so you better take cover. You're not ready for this. Matt Campbell's going to be in Iowa for what? Maybe two or three more weeks before he's plucked. So enjoy while you got him, but he's going to get a beating before he's gone because the Mountaineers are dead serious. This is real talk. This is real time, and it's not yours to shine. And by the way, try beating Iowa at least once. Jay? Telling you, these red and yellow wannabe McDonald-looking clowns. For real, I'm telling you. Like, last year was the peak of everything you had. Purdy at quarterback. Montgomery, when's the next time you're going to say Iowa State had the best running back in the country? And yet you did. Does it get to you to know that your peak, your best, your brightest isn't even great? That's what it was last year. Did you beat Iowa? No. Did you go to the Big 12 Championship? No. no. Did you do anything significant but ruin other people's years? No. no. It doesn't matter. No matter what you do, no matter who you are, you can never overcome being Iowa State. Let that sink in. I know it's got to be frustrating. No matter what you do, no matter what you try to shed, no matter games you win, 
You can never overcome being Iowa State. You're trying to be the little engine that could, but, but hey, that only works for Baker Mayfield. And you're not Baker Mayfield. You ain't planting no flags nowhere because you ain't beating Iowa. Just like you ain't beating us this year. Last year, you had a big win. You felt good about yourself. But really, what did it amount to? What did it equate to? Nothing. You're always the bridesmaid. Well, wait, wait, wait. I said always bridesmaid. No, no. You're always a parking attendant and never the bride. I'm telling you, Iowa State, if I were you, I would just give up. Like last year, we said quit. But this year, we're going to show you. Come to Morgantown. You had one great game. I cannot wait for you to come see the Stills boys. I cannot wait for you to see a real coach. I can't wait for you to see Austin Kendall, Neil Brown, and the rest of the Mountaineer Nation in Morgantown. Come see us, and we're going to show you that you're still little brother. You're still the little engine that could, except for you can't. When you get here, you're going to get whipped and realize you have once every 10 years you're going to have a good uh, a year. And that was last year. So get ready for your L, son. Little brother, without question. Your state's not even named after you. It's the Hawkeye State, and for good reason. Because year after year, game after game, they beat you. One way or the, one way or the other, they beat you. It doesn't matter what the lead is. It doesn't matter what the score is. It doesn't matter what's supposed to happen. What ends up is you are reminded that you are the little child of the family. You are not big brother. You're nothing that matters. You're Iowa State, and you're not great. And that's why we hate Rat me, boys! The Rest Me Boys Kids are brought to you by Swill Dog Hard Cider, the finest hard cider in all of the world, made right there in Franklin, West Virginia. They are encouraging you to get Swill. Responsibly, of course. We also want to give a big shout, a big thank you to our partner and sponsor, Astorp Auto of Charleston. The man with the plan is Mr. Jamie Spears. When you want to ride in elegance, luxury, and style, they're the ones to see. They'll treat you right, and you'll be driving better Make sure you tell them that the RVK sent you. Hail West Virginia. Hail West Virginia. Welcome to another edition of the RVK Raspy Voice Kids Gold and Blue Interviews. This time we have with us the pride of Pottstown, Pennsylvania, former Mountaineer, Currently doing his thing out in California, a Mr. Terrell Chestnut. Terrell, how are you today? I'm doing well, man. Glad to be on this uh, this podcast with you guys. Appreciate y'all having me on. We love it, man. We love that you were able to join us. We know you're a busy guy, uh, but you made time for us, so we appreciate that. And we respect that. Yeah, I just appreciate y'all. You know, extending the offer to come on here, man. I heard a couple of y'all things and. Um, it's exciting, and a lot of a lot of WU fans should definitely tie in, especially the great amount of interviews y'all have with some of these primetime WU players. Uh, it is dope. Now, did I appreciate that, man? Did I now? Did I say Pottstown or Potts Grove? Uh, Pottstown. Uh, that's the town. I went to Potts Grove High, um, so it, you know the Pottstown was our rivals. But Potts Grove was the high school I went to. So the pride of Potts Grove is what I should have said. Now, how did you get from Potts Grove, PA? To West Virginia, IA. Um, a lot of hard work, dedication, and, and sacrifices, um, and, and being around the right people. Uh, it took it took a long time. But why why did you choose WVU? Like, were there other schools in the mix? Was oh, it a yeah. hard decision? Um, a very hard decision. It, it came down. Uh, 
you know, I was I originally committed to Pittsburgh, uh, you know, mm. on the other side of the bra. <laughs> yeah, you already know how we feel about them. But, you know, my focus was, uh, you know, yeah, football was my love, but at the same time, I always was focused on preparing myself for life after. Uh, and I really wanted to be a doctor, really wanted to do something so I could make an impact and change lives and things of that nature. Um, so when I when I looked at, you know, uh, UPMC and pit football and everything, it kind of just made sense. And it recruited me very well. Um, but at the same time, you know, I had Coach Kerlavich, uh from West Virginia. He recruited me very well as well. And when I committed to Pitt, he kept it real. He was like, listen, no matter what, if anything happens, you'll always have a scholarship offer here from us. And he, he was a man of his word. So, uh, but I, you know, I had offers from all over the place. I had offers from LSU. I had offers from uh, a few SEC schools, all of the Big East, uh, most of the Big Ten, uh, a few ACC schools. So, um, so I had I had quite a bit of offers, but you know, it was just something about West Virginia um, and the coaches and and you know, and then the fan base that kind of made me fall in love with it. And um, again, they recruited me very well, and they kept it real with me. That's what's up. You talked about Coach Kerlavich. Uh, you know, I don't even know if I said that right. I said it real quick. Kerlavich. Kerlavich. Um, I hear, you know, from other people just some crazy stories. Do you have a good story about him? <laughs> um, the first time I met Kerlav, I met him when I was a sophomore in high school. Because, um, ironically, he knew my head coach. I believe they played together. Um, or, you know, however they met each other. Um, and he came in there. I was probably like a buck fifty, buck fifty-five. He was like, can we cuss on here or no? We going to keep it PG? Uh, no, this is a family show. Okay, well, he was <laughs> like, I just wanted to make sure, you know what I mean, before I, before I said what he said. Hey, I, hey, I appreciate you. You know, um, so he was like, uh, Terrell, how you doing? Oh, you're a scrawny mf <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, for real. So I'm like, you were like, and I and, and you know from where I'm from, you know what I mean. I I grew up in Philly, and then I moved to Pasha. Um, You know, you don't really take lightly to somebody coming at you that way, especially if you don't know. So I, you know, I was kind of standoffish, but um, that was him. He was a, a a very honest person, but he's the most down to earth person that you'll ever meet. Um, so I, I, you know, I was glad to cross paths with him, and uh, you know, be blessed that he he was the one who recruited me and eventually got me to West Virginia. You're talking about um, – it is funny because we hear a lot of other players talk about the sacrifices you have to make to be a collegiate student. I want you to break that down for me because you say it, and I kind of shake my head like, yeah, yeah, I get it. But when I really think about it, like what are what are the sacrifices that these collegiate athletes have to make in order to be where they're at? Um, well, you know, in high school, it comes with – you know, even, even when you're in college, we're not good to it, but it takes a certain level of discipline to be able to – uh, stay out the way. Um, and what I mean that is there's so much going around around you uh, where it's easy to be a product of your environment, whether it's uh, violence, gangs, you know, drugs, whatever it is. Uh, it's so easy to get caught up into that just because you can be around one of your homies and they might be into that. Yeah. So it took a lot of a lot of discipline for me to, to, to stay away from that. Um, it took a lot of uh, a discipline from my older brother to to kind of show me the way, uh, show me what's right, what's wrong, and and to, and to really make sure I was around the right people. Um, it took a lot of discipline for me, a lot of sacrifice to to not go to those parties every Friday night and, and yeah. you know be around certain people. Um, Stay and, on high and it street. takes a lot of discipline. Yeah, 
take you know take a lot of discipline to 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 you know in high school for me to really you know ignore being the star athlete and really focus on what matters which is your academics uh being a being an outstanding citizen and that's that's how i carry myself because um the one thing i never wanted to do is disappoint my family so i kept you know i took that with pride and made sure i I did the right things like i said surrounded myself with the right people and it carried on to college and and the college is even harder especially in morgantown number one party school for no it's not for no reason Absolutely. You know, don't get me wrong. I've had my share of parties, uh, you know, had my fun, but at the same time, you know, you're there, to, you're there and you're representing something that's way bigger than yourself. Something that was there before you were, you know, before you were here and something that'll be there way after you're gone. Though this so, may be, uh, though, no, I feel what you're saying, though this may be true. Do you remember what was the biggest, like, Terrell Chestnut party after you just broke out in the game and, and you got done and people were just, do you remember like there'd be like one one Saturday night, Sunday night that like they were like, no, this is the man that you walked up in the spot, just feel like a beast. Um, so for me, uh, you know, it was honestly it was never it was never really a point for me that, that I really felt like that because I, I always like to stay level headed and modest. I always uh, stick with the same people, but you know, everybody always showed love. Everybody showed love. Um, when you go downtown, especially no matter who you are on the scene, you you don't you can't you only gotta play and people know who you are. They're gonna show you love. But you know, football, I loved it. But at the same time, I took pride in things that I did off the field, feeding the homeless and going to children's hospitals, going to the Ronald McDonald House and things of that nature. Um, so you know, it was never really a time where I was like, man, I'm that guy because at the same time, I knew I wasn't you know I wasn't done yet. You know, what I mean, I knew I had a lot more to prove. Um, especially for me playing in such a, a talented secondary. I mean, where you got Carl Joseph, KJ Dillon, Daryl Worley, Drayvon. You know, you got a lot of people on that defense that was very, very, very good and had a lot of success in college. So for me, I was just always motivated to continue to get better because I knew I had to work that much harder, you know, to get on their status. Now, you talked about what you had to overcome to get to, to where you were a part of a secondary like that and out of place like West Virginia where you could excel and succeed not only on the field but off the field. But you experienced a lot, like you said, with the loss of your brother. We lost a brother about a year and a half ago. Um, when you lost your brother, did you ever feel like when you were playing, I should say, that you were playing for him? Um. So, you know, I, I lost my brother uh, in 99. So I, I lost him at a young age. So a lot of things that I did was definitely in his honor. Uh, and it, you know, just because you, you you always wonder what life would be if he was there, um, so you know, I always thought about it. I always made sure that he knew that, that I was doing my best to make him proud. He's my older brother. I did, you know, we did everything together uh, growing up, but he he, he kind of you know created that that major relationship between me and my other siblings. Um, so everything I did was for my family. I think that's what you know, kind of you know made me determined to be successful, um, to get us out of a bad situation and, and, and use that as my motivation. Um, so to lose him at a young age uh, was, was rough. And then, you know, I took a couple more losses during, you know, during my life. You know, I lost my other brother last year. I lost my grandmother the year before that. So um, it's a lot of adversity I face throughout my life. I'm only 27. Uh, and it's a lot that I've been through, but you know, you know, I, I embrace my past, I embrace my struggles and my losses because it's made me who I am today. 
That's strength, and that's character. And we know that you would attribute some of that to the Hawthorne family, would you not? Absolutely. Um, the Hawthorns, man, they, 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 you know, when I got the Posh Crew, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't always, you know, peachy. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't always the easiest. When I first moved in there, because, you know, I was, I was in the foster care before moving back to Posh Town, my eye and all them. So it wasn't, a, it wasn't an easy transition. Um, but when I got into like the middle schools and, and the high schools and things of that nature, the Hawthorns definitely, um, they, they, they took me under their wing and, and, and just now, who were they showed me you? another life. So Miss Hawthorne was the secretary uh, at, at the middle school. So in seventh grade, when I got in trouble, uh, she used to just always give me this look and try to give me a motherly talk and, and it worked. Because um, you, you see people take interest of you and you because they know you're not a bad kid. So um, she was a secretary, and then her son, Bill, uh, he was my history teacher, and then he's also my football coach in high school. Um, so, you know, he, he, took, he took his time with me. Uh, he helped me study for my SATs, and um, he just really did a, a really good job with me as far as, um, you know, showing me genuine love and, and showing me that people really cared, you know, cared about me outside of my family. That's what's up. Um, so it's people like him. It's people like Steve Platt. Uh, who was my mentor? Um, it was people, it's a lot of people who took a lot of interest in me who, who just you know showed so much love and, yeah. and you know took me throughout my life. Yeah, and, which by the way, I knew that. I just want to make sure that you know our listeners knew who, who you were talking about and describing. Right. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. So, so you yeah, did make it out. You overcame the adversity. You got the WVU. You balled out. You spent some time in the NFL. It's giving you perspective on on sports in a way that other people don't have, especially on WVU. Now, one of the things that drew us to you that w- made us want to have you on is that you've been giving uh, analysis about West Virginia, play-by-play almost, on Twitter. Um, what do you think about Coach Neil Brown thus far? Um, the first thing, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know much about uh, him. I decided to go with the flow. I look at a lot of the videos. I haven't get, had the chance to meet him personally. Um, but the one thing that sticks out, and you know, we're not even going to talk about football, uh, is, is what he's trying to do to set, to set them up for life after, taking them to career fairs and um, doing all this type of things, having them out there in the, in the community. Uh, things that I was really big on when I was in school, um, really just showing my face outside of a, uh, outside of a football helmet, um, showing them that, you know, we don't take our – you know, I bless it in vain, and we just want to make sure that we be a blessing for other people and things of that nature like that. So um, we just want to make sure we just want to make sure that um, we we pay attention to what he's doing for for this team and how he's exposing them and putting them in the, in the right uh, direction to make sure that they're successful. Because at some point in time, football is going to end for somebody. Um, not everybody's guaranteed to go to the NFL. Um, so you know, as far as the coach, you know, it, it, it's it's a transition for him. Um, he is his first year. Uh, not everybody's going to be blessed to have a, a great first year. Like, you know, Dana did. Dana came into a great situation, great players, um, and, and was able to win that orange bowl. So uh, I think a lot of people's expectations for coach Neil Brown in his first year, is kind of crazy, but, um, it, within the first five games, um, it, it, you know, you show some promise, you show some things that you don't want to see. But at the same time, it's a transition. So you just you got to remember these things. So when he is having a more successful season later on down the road, you can see the maturation of the coach that he is that he has been. 
We totally agree. We love all those things as well. He's building a culture. He really is building yeah. a culture there. Foundation of leadership, foundation of gratitude, a foundation of community and respect. Mm -hmm. And so we love it. Now, what Absolutely. you see? What do you see on the field? You made some comments about Austin Kendall. What did you see coming out of QB one last Saturday? Um, last Saturday, I think I seen an overconfident guy who scored on his first drive, and let that let that play linger too long. Um, that's just my opinion. I think when you're playing a very good team like Texas, uh, and then you have a, a good drive, it's not about that drive anymore. It's like how can we multiply that type of success you can't let that you know you can't let that one drive beat you several you know later down the road because you got to play that whole game you know that that play happened in the first drive of the game you still got four quarters technically to, to to beat this team so i think his his ego got the best of him because of the fact that he had a major touchdown against a major team a top, you know a top 25 team and then as the game went on his confidence began to go down. And then, um, like I told people, I, you know, from me just watching him, um, I, he tends not to go through his progressions from what I see. Um, throwing four interceptions, I know one of them came off of a receiver's hand. But, you know, he has to trust his line that they're going to buy him enough time to get, you know, go through his progressions, make the right read, and throw the ball. Um, and, you know, I try not to be too harsh on him because I understand, like, listen, he didn't play a lot of college football. I mean, let's be real. He had Baker. Um, he had he had Baker Mayfield and he had Kyler Murray. So he didn't play a lot of football. So it's still some knocking the rust off. But at the same time, five games into the season, you got to find out what type of quarterback you want to be. You got to have that confidence because if you don't have a con that confidence as a quarterback, the rest of the team feels it. And they're not going to be confident. The offensive line is not going to be confident. The running game is not going to be confident. So um, he has to find that confidence within, you know, within himself. And then he has to, he has to, he has to play with some type of chip on his, on his shoulder for the rest of the season. Because so, if not, it's going to be the same outcome. What do you think about the rest of the team? I think, I think the rest of the team, um, you know, there's some some areas of where we show promise. Our offensive line isn't playing up to standard. Um, I think in that, you know, losing. You, losing seals was was big. Um, it hurt our depth, um, but you know we just need guys to step up. Um, you look at last year when we lost Jodney, um, when we lost Jod to in that Texas game, we had people step up and 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 played well, and we were able to win that game. We need that same type of same type of people to you know to step up and 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 have that next man up mentality. Um, we have to play like we have something to prove the great the greatest thing about this team this year is that nobody expects anything of us so we shouldn't play about expectations just play football just play football that's all it's about it's all it's ever about is having fun with your brothers and going out there and representing the wonderful state of question change if you do that everything else is going to take care of itself um and and that's you know and that's that's what it gets to i think um in my opinion, um, it, a lot of people got super, super arrogant and cocky um, and thinking that, you know, they're all-time this, all-time that. Well, you know, when the game time come on, these people don't show up. And, you know, I don't know if it's social media that's doing that or whatever, but it just, that's about, just what I see. They talk about former Mountaineers. You talk about players 
Like uh, players. Uh, you look at you look at social media, and a lot of players are very, um, they're very very. Some some of them are very arrogant. I won't say names, um, but you you can see a sense of arrogance to them. Where, you know, for me, I had people like Carl Joseph who didn't really care about social media. I had Daryl Worley who didn't care about social media. They just put their head down at work. Nick Fedikowski, Jared Barber, Shaq Petaway. You know, I mean, all of our guys that just came in to work day in and day out. So that's what they got to worry about is working each and every day. Um, but for me, I, I I watch the defensive side of the ball. Yes. That's what I watch. Oh, that's what's up. Um, and I look at – go ahead. My bad. I didn't mean to cut you off. That's my fault. Oh, no, um, you go ahead. No, hey, look, we'll get we'll back to the defensive side of the ball. But real quick, you take a Worley or Rasul Douglas? You got to take one. Mm, that's hard. That's hard because, um, man – you can't do that to me. Yeah, I sure can. <laughs> you Come can't on, do son. That. You can't do that to me. Um, man, that's strength hard. and weaknesses. I mean, I, I got it. It is. Um, I think the based based off of college. If we look at college, um, I think the strength for Worley was. His ball skills, um, he had great cover skills, but I think that the weakness was his inconsistency. Um, you know, he had great games and then came back around and he had a really rough patch um, down at down – he had a really rough patch down um, sometimes in, that, in, a, in October when we played, you know, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, TCU in Texas, or TCU in uh, another team, Baylor. Um, he had a rough stretch. I think in college for school, he had a lot of success early. Um, being a you know being a first time starter, he had a lot of a lot of expectations. I think the experience is the one thing that was that he needed. Um, I don't think he did anything that was like oh that's a weakness. Of he was he dominated the the, the league. So he led the, the nation in interceptions. Um, yeah, but just you know. Um, so who are you taking? Again, he was a. That's a hard one, man. Uh, but me, I got to be biased, man. I played, I played two seasons with with Worley by my side. You know what I mean? So I knew what he was capable of. So I, I got to be biased, man. But Sewell, that's my guy. I wish I was able. I wish we was able to be on the same field together, man. It just, you know, we had a lot of, we had a lot of people. We had a lot of, a lot of primetime players on our team at the time. So uh, opportunity didn't come, you know, often. But when he was in there, he definitely stepped up and, and did his thing. All right, so what's your prognosis for the Iowa State game? What needs to happen? What will happen? Uh, defensively, we need to stop. We know Iowa State can score. I was playing, what they said, 48 points up last week against Baylor. Or if they, you know, I believe I can check that out right now. Um, I think they're averaging 6.7 yards per, per, per play. Yeah, I mean, we have, to, we have to play with tremendous poise and finesse. Um, we got to trust our technique. We have to uh, – really really tackle we we missed too many tackles and I, I, I our secondary has to step up um you know I, I've been waiting for Hakeem Bailey to have a game um I've been waiting for uh, uh Washington to play consistent um yeah he's getting these, these interceptions but yeah, that's cool but I'm looking at everything else I'm looking at your technique I'm looking at your you know your your awareness uh, it's been too many times this season where our defensive backs have been backpedaling into, into the middle of the end zone, allowing them to just run a stop route and, and get a touchdown. 
um, knowing down the distance. If it's third and four, why are we bailing? You know what I mean? Get up there and challenge them. Press them. You know what I mean? You can't uh, – everybody everybody in, 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 in college football is fast. You can't give somebody fast a free release and just expect it to stay on top of it. It's hard. Um, I, and, I, and for, for us, I think the Steelers brothers have to continue to dominate up front. I think they are the motor of our team. And for them to, to cause havoc up front and slow, you know, slow that pass rush down and slow that running game down and put pressure on the quarterback um, will allow our secondary to have more success. Um, but for, for them, they just need to play 11-man football and trust their techniques, trust the coaching, and just play ball. All right, you heard it here. Terrell Chestnut telling us what West Virginia has to do to be successful. Terrell, it's time for rapid fire. Now, if you're familiar with the show, you know everybody's done this. We've had everybody from Joe Manchin to Gordon Gee to Pat McAfee. They answer these questions. It's your turn. You ready? All right, let's get it. Coke or Pepsi? Pepsi. Lion King or Toy Story? Lion King. Best Pop Tart. Ooh. Dang, that's this is that's the hard one. Let's go uh, strawberry. Boom. Boo. Um LeBron or Jordan? Now when you say LeBron or Jordan, are we going error wise or are we nope, going all nope. time? Who's who's the GOAT? LeBron or Jordan? Well, I did, you know, growing up, I didn't really watch a lot of basketball. This is rapid really fire, my man. You got the answer. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going. Jay. I'm going. MJ. MJ. All right. <laughs> Best fast food French fry. McDonald's. Does hot does does ketchup go on a hot dog? Absolutely. Uh, what am I missing, Jay? Nah, the one. All right, you ready for this one? Let's get it. Let's be for real. I say this every single week. Every single week, the people hear me. We need some music before I ask this question. That yes. just hit me. We need some music. Give it to the people. Jalen Rosen now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Give the people <laughs> what they want. All right, so here's a question. Here's the question. <laughs> Keep it real. Do you pee in swimming pools? Oh, yeah, I let it go. <laughs> I let it go. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> Ter- Terrell Chestnut you. in here I keeping just... it one hundred percent real, hey, without man. hesitation. I like that because your hey, boy Skyler last that. week we had him on and he was full of hesitation, trying to make excuses. Uh, <laughs> said, he said in his younger <laughs> I days, "I let it go and I create my own jacuzzi bubbles." <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. We uh we we talked to a swimmer. She's she was swam for WVU. She said she's peed in every single swimming pool she's ever been in. So you're in good company. <laughs> hey, no. listen, it just takes too much effort to get out the pool and just hey, go to the bathroom, man. Just let it go. And plus, the thing that kills me the most is when people try to act like those swim up pools in Las Vegas, the swim up bars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know that ain't nothing but urine. Ain't nobody man, getting listen, out. You know how warm it be. They talk. They think it's the weather. No, that's that's, that's all heat to heat up that pool. That's for that's why I'm got that right. There. Well, Terrell, <laughs> that's Terrell, thank you for joining us again. We loved it. This is a good hey, interview. Man. You gave us a lot of good insight, and you're also a good inspiration for a lot of young men and women out there who are, who have been through things, who are going through things, to know that they can uh, accomplish things in their life. They can get their education. They can be successful on the field. They can be successful off the field, and that they can be adults yes, that man. are giving back instead of people who are just taking 
regardless of what they've been through. Absolutely. Um, that, that's, that's the goal. Um, no matter what your situation is, you get another day. So if you get another day, that's another opportunity to be great. Um, and that's what I try to do every day. Now, I, took my, I took advantage of my time at Western Virginia. I walked away with a bachelor's and a master's. So uh, everybody can do that. Everybody can, you know, take care of the business. That's all you got to do. Um, and then just live life and love everybody. That's all. Positive vibe going. 100. Podcast Network.